0: One reason Christians today are so weak and sickly and fearful is they do not understand the power that comes to us as we meditate in the Word of God, which enables us to apply the Word of God to our life. There's a great power here when you do this correctly. The Holy Spirit in us will remind us of Scripture to show us what to do to show us what we need to focus on at this exact moment in time. The scripture that I have currently, that I am working on, is uh, Romans twelve eighteen. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. As much as lieth in you, That means that if you have the choice in the matter, live peaceably with them. But sometimes they won't live peaceably with you. Have you ever run into a person that just really hates you and doesn't want to be at peace with you? That certainly can happen. So you don't really have any choice in a situation like that. But basically Paul is telling us As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. The devil will try to stir us up on some little old thing, uh, usually very minor, to get us to fight the other person. It may be something as simple as the way they carry coffee to you in the morning. And thoughts come are negative about that person. Well, the first thing I do when I have a negative thought about a person is I begin to thank God for everything that I know about that person that is wonderful. That breaks up this very quickly when you thank God for the good things about that person. So I am currently working on this scripture with me. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. The flesh and the devil want very much to tell the person off. I often pray to God, please don't let me do that. Don't let me say that. Don't let me do that. I have the choice in whether or not I do that. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, the scripture says, There is no temptation come to you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. In other words, we are able to withstand that temptation if we turn to God and ask for help. There's never been a time when it's failed me. There is no temptation taken you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Sometimes the way to escape is just disappear. Don't. Continue to try to talk to that person. You have to do that sometimes. Don't send them a birthday card. Don't call them and say, how are you doing? That opens the door for the attacks. You just have to pray correctly for the person and leave them alone when they will not be placated by you. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, as much as you can control, live peaceably with all men. And I have found through prayer on the issue, we very often can live peaceably with most people. Some are impossible. Some people will not allow us to live in peace. And we have no choice in a situation like that but to avoid them. What I do when I'm meditating on the current scripture that is given me by God, I look at that scripture as soon as I wake up in the morning. Letting that scripture take root in me and lead me for that day. I look at that scripture at night the last thing I do before I go to sleep and examine myself to be sure that this is what I have done during the day. Whatever the scripture is I'm meditating on, I look at it to be sure that that is what I have done during the day. There will not necessarily be just one scripture. You may have several scriptures that the Holy Spirit has called to your attention. I have found a very easy way to keep up with all of those things that God has called my attention for myself. I have a Kindle tablet. Now, if you have a Kindle tablet or an iPhone, iPad, I think the iPad is similar to the Kindle. What you want to do is turn your Kindle on and bring up the Bible and the exact scripture that you. Have been given by the Holy Spirit. Whatever the scripture is, bring it up on your screen where you can see it. Now, the now what you're going to do is make a page print, a screen print. Look at the top of your Kindle. You will see three silver buttons. The two buttons that are on the outside, on the left hand side and on the right hand side, you have to press down on those simultaneously, and hold them down. So do that. So press down on both of those buttons. I use the left hand and the right hand. Press down, hold it down. You will see a screen print come on front of your screen of your Kindle when you do that correctly. That screen print goes automatically to your photos in your Kindle. So when you want to see it, just click on photos and your screen print will be there. I have lots of screen prints on my Kindle. And from time to time, I remove the Bible screen print when I have been with that scripture enough that it really becomes a part of me. For example, here's a scripture that is so much a part of me that I can tell you immediately the scripture without reading it. 1 Corinthians 7, verses ten, eleven. 11. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or return to her husband. I have quoted that scripture so many times in working with people. I have kept it before me constantly. It is so real to me that I can quote it like I can quote Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want It becomes a part of you when you look at it enough, when you live by it, when you teach other people that scripture. Now, when it becomes that real to me, I will often delete it from my Kindle photo album because I really don't need that scripture before me day and night. I need the current set of scriptures before me day and night. God has given me several scriptures that I am currently working on. If you. I know I know. if you have the Holy Spirit. You have scriptures call to your attention. Or you may have a dream call to your attention. Sometimes I will make a copy in writing of the dream that I've had. I will send myself an email. I make a screen print of that email. So that I can keep that dream on my meditation list. So I can do the instruction given me in that dream. Either way, whether it's a scripture or a dream, the key is keeping it before you day and night until it becomes such a part of you that you can quote it like you'd quote Psalm 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You don't have to look at the Bible to quote that because it's a part of you. You live it. And that's the way these other scriptures get to be when you meditate on them day and night. One scripture at a time or two or three or four, whatever the Holy Spirit has given you. I keep it in my photo album on my Kindle. I can pull it up in the morning. I can look at each scripture in the morning and think about the instructions and hope it will take me through the day. Then at night I can examine myself by those scriptures and I can see whether I actually did those things during the day here is the power of God so many people will read the Bible but they don't do the scriptures they just read it they think they are doing it by reading it but they're not it's the actual doing of the scripture that is critical to us faith without works is dead you can read something from the Word of God but if you don't have faith to do it it's dead if you keep these scriptures before you day and night and you have the Holy Spirit, it will get so strong in you, it will control your flesh and you will actually do what that scripture says. Look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This is where God started with me 40 some odd years ago in teaching me to meditate in the word of God. Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. On today's podcast, I will go over with you some of the scriptures that I'm currently working on. I've already told you about Romans twelve eighteen. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Right under that in Romans 12, 19, we read, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. Things go wrong in this life. People install things wrong that we're paying to have them install. They may not do it deliberately, but things do go wrong. Now, what do you do about it? Do you sit around and grumble and murmur about that person? Or do you know inwardly that if something was done against you deliberately by that person, God will repay both you and the person? That's where this scripture comes in. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. These people that are out on the streets today protesting because a policeman has killed a black person, that's absolutely the wrong way to go. Because vengeance belongs to God. He will take care of it. What we need to do when we see an injustice like that, we just need to depend on God to take care of it. He will. We don't get out there in the streets with placards and become a part of the evil. Because when you're out there in the street protesting, you take up the evil and become a part of the evil. So we're instructed to go a different way in this subject. Romans twelve nineteen. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm keeping that scripture in front of me uh, as one of the current meditation scriptures. There are several other scriptures that I want to bring up. I feel I need them at this season. I think the Holy Spirit has reminded me of them. One of them is um, concerns the Holy Spirit. It's in Acts chapter 1, before Jesus was taken up into heaven. He said to the disciples, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, command them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days thence. But ye shall rep- receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. This is the power to witness. Is when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you do it. The power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you do that thing and you have the power to witness. I'm going to give you a very tangible example of people who are trying to witness because they've signed up to witness, and people who have the Holy Spirit come upon them and they witness. This happened to me about 45 years ago. I was a new Christian, and I was very excited about being a Christian. I went across the street one day to the copy machine place to get a a paper copied. I was waiting there for the machine to become available a little old man came up to me and said little lady you didn't park behind that green and gold car out there did you and I said no sir he said that is a Baylor car I said yes sir Baylor's a Baptist University in Texas he said you don't happen to be a Christian do you I said oh yes I am He got dead silent and then he said, Oh heck, I just signed up to the witnessing class to be in the witnessing class at First Baptist Church and you're the first person that I chose to witness to. He was disappointed because I was a Christian. (laughs) This is not the Spirit of God working. This is Man trying to do something of his own flesh. My uh, best friend was a former Baptist, and at the time this happened to me, at the time I became a Christian, she was attending a non-denominational Bible class. And she said, Joni, you've got to start memorizing Scripture. And I said, I do? She said, yes. She said, I'm going to enroll you in Bible Memory Association. You memorize one scripture a week, and then you have to quote it to me. I'm your sponsor. You quote it to me by memory, and I guarantee that you have memorized that scripture. And then at the end of the series of time, they will give you a certificate. Well, that was one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do. Now, I can quote to you without looking at the Bible. I can quote hundreds of scriptures without looking at the Bible. But I do it by the Holy Spirit, who reminds me of the scripture. Donna and I, neither one knew one thing about the Holy Spirit in those days. She had been a Baptist all her life and didn't know a thing about the Holy Spirit. And I was a new Christian and didn't know a thing about the Holy Spirit. But God was going to show me. John chapter 14, verse 26 tells us two things the Holy Spirit does for us. He teaches us all things and he reminds us of everything Jesus has said. We don't have to memorize that scripture. We live that scripture and it becomes a part of us and then we can easily say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want because we're living that scripture. This is God's way of handling scripture is by the Holy Spirit. Man's way is sort of like the little man who was going to witness to me and was disappointed because I was a Christian. Another story concerning this is another illustration of the working of the Holy Spirit. It's so different when you're led by the Holy Spirit. I was flying into Albuquerque, New Mexico, USA, to buy merchandise for my business, American Indian Arts business. My cousin, a Church of Christ member, was meeting me at the plane. When she met, as the plane was landing, just as it was starting to land, I heard, be baptized. Now, I'd been baptized when I was 15, but I was not born again until I was 37. So when I, Jean met me at the plane, and I said to her, If you can arrange it this afternoon at church, I'll be baptized. She said, but you've already been baptized. I said, yes, but I wasn't born again at that time. She didn't have any idea what I was talking about. But she set it up for me to be baptized. When God tells me to do something, I just assume that's the time to do it. If he had told me to do it the day before, I'm sure I would have set it up to be baptized in Dallas before I ever left for Albuquerque. But he told me as the plane was landing, be baptized. To me, that means today. So Gene set it up at the Church of Christ building for me to be baptized. And I was really surprised when we got there, about 15 of my relatives who were Church of Christ members were sitting there in the auditorium. The young preacher said to me, is there anything you would like to say? And I said, well, I guess. And so I just began speaking by the Spirit of God, telling them about being born again. One of my cousins was smiling and shaking her head up and down, and I knew she knew what I was talking about. She was born again. My uncle began crying tears were just streaming down his face after I spoke the minister took me up into the baptizing area and he lowered me into the water and the Holy Spirit said to me this is like being buried with Christ as I came out of the water the Holy Spirit said to me this is like being raised with Christ That's in Romans chapter 6. But I didn't know Romans chapter 6. The Holy Spirit was preaching the gospel to me. I got back down into the auditorium and my uncle came to me and he said, I've never heard anything like you spoke today. When you get back to Dallas, would you write it out for me and send it to me? And I said, well, yeah, I guess I could. So I did. And later I realized my uncle was born again that day as I spoke to that group. It was all the work of God by the Holy Spirit planned by God. I'm convinced he was born again that day, though he was a member of the Church of Christ for several years. I know he was not born again until that day that I spoke. This is the working of the Holy Spirit as we witness. When we follow God, the power is there for the work of God. Following God, he said, be baptized. What did I do? I told my cousin, if you can set it up today, I'll be baptized. She set it up that day. I went to the church building not having any idea that the minister would ask if I had to, wanted to speak anything. I didn't plan to speak to that church group, to anybody being at the church. I didn't even know anyone would be there. But when that minister said that to me, I said, well, I guess so. So I just began speaking the things from the Spirit of God that I was given at that time. My uncle was born again, and then I was baptized again. That is the way the Holy Spirit works. The way the flesh of man works is to try to memorize that scripture like Donna and I were doing when she enrolled me in Bible Memory Association. Or like that little old man who's going to witness to me because he signed up at First Baptist Church to be in the witnessing class. That's just nonsense. The spirit quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. I'm quoting from John. I believe it's in chapter 6. It is the spirit that profiteth. The flesh profiteth nothing. That's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Another scripture which I am currently working on that I have in on my Kindle under my photo album, the scripture that I'm currently looking at morning and evening, is in First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Yesterday, I began writing out the difference between the spirit of the world and the spirit of God. When we're being led by the spirit of the world, what do we try to do? We're going to try to get ahead of everybody, beat everybody. That's emulation, a work of the flesh, emulation. Outdo everybody. If you work at a secular job, you're going to try to get ahead of everybody else in the job at your workstation try to rise to the top be promoted get more money outdo everybody that is a work of the spirit of the world compete we're taught from early childhood to compete at school but it's not very hard to learn to compete because that's a work of the flesh some people compete by trying to outdo each other in their apparel women especially trying to look better than the other women. They're competing with the other women. That's a spirit of the world. The spirit which is of God is totally different. When we have the spirit that is of God, instead of competing with people, we're trying to help them. If the occasion arrives, we will help them. So, now we have received not the spirit of the world, But the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man tries to store up as much money as possible, aiming toward retirement. Jesus tells us, take no thought for your life. I mean, that's just exactly opposite. That would be foolish to people of the world. Take no thought for your life? That's foolishness to people of the world. They get financial advisors to help them figure out how to get wealth and how to be prepared to retire. We do it a completely different way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the way he wants you to go, and all these things will be added to you. We aren't out there trying to get all these things. We are trying to follow scripture. And eventually, you kind of look around, and somehow all these things are around you. I have a wonderful home theater system. I have wonderful sound equipment. I didn't go out and try to get wonderful sound equipment. It was just at one point in time when I had accumulated enough money, I was reminded of certain sound equipment and began to get sound equipment. That was the way of God. The way of man is he plans it all out to try to get these things for himself. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 Another way to go, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What does God want me to do? His righteousness. What does he want? And do that. And then at some point in time, all these things are added to you. That sounds like foolishness to people who are not of God. But that's true. It's that way. So the natural man receiveth not of the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Another scripture that I'm keeping before me right now is John chapter 7. Jesus said, well, in the last day, verse 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me, the word, and drink. He that believeth on me, the word, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. But after Jesus was glorified, after he was taken into heaven, after the resurrection is the point in time when the Spirit was given, the Holy Spirit was given by God to all who believe. This is a scripture that God gave me when I was first born again 45 years ago. But it's one that I have put back on my meditation list of scriptures. For the current time, Jesus said, John chapter 5, verse 30, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. This caused me as a new Christian to realize that Jesus, the Son of God, could do nothing without hearing from God. Therefore, I could do nothing without hearing from God. That I had to hear from God by His Spirit before I did anything. I have on my meditation scriptures three scriptures concerning the Holy Spirit living in me. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5 Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate? All three of these scriptures show Jesus Christ living inside the individual by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. I have several scriptures on Romans chapter 8. Verse 10, the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. He will show us the way to go, to keep us from going in the way of the flesh, which is opposite to the way of the spirit. He will quicken us, make us alive to the word of God, so that we can go in the way of God. Romans eight twelve. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans eight, fourteen. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear. It's by the flesh that all this fear comes. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, help me. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm reminded constantly of something that God has recently done by His Spirit. I know the Spirit of God is in me because I remember what the Spirit of God has said to me on these different subjects. I can examine myself. When was the last time God spoke to me? And I can remember Him telling me things. And I know that's by the Holy Spirit, so He's in me. So I'm all right. I'm not turned over to a reprobate mind. But Jesus lives in me. And that's what this tells us in Romans 8. One of the first revelations that I ever had from God was in Matthew 16. I have that on my current meditation list just to bring it back to my attention. Matthew 16 verse 15. Jesus said to the disciples, Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. No man taught Peter this. God taught him. It just came out of his mouth. So Jesus said, You're blessed because flesh and blood didn't teach you this, but God taught you this. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the word revealed by God, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The word revealed by God, by his Spirit, is the power of God. Here's another scripture uh, on my, my meditation list. 1 John chapter 4, verse 2. Well, if you start at verse 1, it says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Spirits bring ideas to our mind. Is that spirit of God bringing that idea? Or is that the spirit of the flesh? Or is that the spirit of the devil? Because all three bring ideas to our minds, and we want to be able to follow the Spirit of God. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. That means every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come into our flesh as believers is of God. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh means he's come in to our flesh. I have this in, uh, in front of me all the time. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come into our flesh, this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you. Greater is that spirit that is in you, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Greater is that spirit that's in you than he that is in the world. That spirit in the world is not anywhere like the Holy Spirit. You overcome through the Holy Spirit and it is far greater than the spirit of the world which lives in those humans who are not born again. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. Have you ever tried to share something with another person who says he's a Christian and have that person just kind of stare at you and say nothing? Have you ever had that happen? I've had that happen so many times. I've been excited about something that God has shown me, and I've tried to share it with another person who says he's a Christian, and he just goes dead when I start to share things of God. He doesn't want to hear that. That person is not of God, even though he says he's a Christian. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 6. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth, and the spirit of error. Another scripture which I have on my meditation scriptures is First John. I mean John chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. You see before Jesus ever came to the earth as Jesus. He was the Word. He was with God at the beginning of creation. And it was through Jesus the Word that all things were created. Let's look at this section of Scripture once again. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him by the word and without him was not anything made that was made in him the word was life and the life the word was the light of men when you see the word Jesus you should think of the when you see Jesus written out what do you think of you should think of the word because Jesus is the word he was the word before he ever came to flesh, named Jesus. He was the word. He was the word in the beginning. He is the word in the end. For a season, he was Jesus who walked on this earth. Still the word. But really, what Jesus is and who Jesus is, is the word. Every time you read it. John 6, for the bread of God is he, the word, which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. I think of the word being brought down right now from heaven to us to give us life. Jesus isn't here in bodily form, but he is here by his Spirit, which is the word. And Jesus said in John 6, 44, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. I, the word, will raise him up at the last day. John six forty It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Not by man, by God. Just like Peter was taught by God. This is the Son of God. This is the Christ, the Son of the living God. None of the other disciples knew that. There were 11 others standing there. But it was Peter who had been taught by God that this was Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. You see, we're taught by God, not by man. Every man, therefore, that hath heard, says Jesus, and learned from the Father, if God is your teacher, you come to him, the word. Once again John 6.45 It is written in the prophets and they shall be taught by God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned from the Father cometh unto me the word. I'll print these out on our blog for you and you will see what they look like in screen print form. If you will go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortation, on the homepage on the right-hand side, you'll see Podcasts. Click on that. Bring up this podcast, which is on the subject of meditation in the Word of God, the power of meditating in the Word of God. You'll see all of these things in writing that I have spoken to you today. Again, the blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you.